In this final episode, Laurie and Nick talk ducks, kangaroos, a passion for wildlife and footy. We were talking about it before you came here earlier on and we're just saying the problem is because we're not shooters and that, we've never really understood what the whole and you know what's happening and what goes on and how violent it is and you know there's no been no real attraction but I did remember I actually did go on a kangaroo shoot in the 70s I didn't shoot myself but it was like a back of a tray thing and I can yeah. tell you it was the scariest thing it was it was like waking yeah. up fright yeah. there was drinking and there was shooting yeah and then you had to eat the kangaroo that they killed you know as they shot a kangaroo or something but I just hated the whole thing and it, yeah. it put me off. And I wasn't too sure if it was the movie or that experience that put me off. Yeah. But, like, I think I pushed it out and forgotten about it. Yeah. And so, so just when you were so, talking about all those things, I was you know, thinking, I have experienced that. I remember it was horrible. The kangaroo campaign needs more publicity now. Mm. And it's that publicity that is so important in touching the heart's and minds of the public. Mm. And e- even though I think the kangaroo industry will go in Victoria, you've still got the problem of landowners shooting mm. shooting them. Well, you've got other issues too. I mean, I think it's amazing how people from overseas want to see a kangaroo. Like we had some people come in yeah. just a couple of weeks ago. All they want to do is see a kangaroo from America. Yeah. And the closer you get to the kangaroo area people live in it, a lot of them think they're pests. Yeah. And you just think, well, that's a big difference from wanting to see a kangaroo to being a pest, you know. In the- well, that's why you've got to change the mindset of farmers mm. and landowners. Mm. So one of the problems is the big fencing around the Mornington Peninsula, a lot of big fencing going yeah. up. So that's being a problem because we don't, when they put up a big fence, no one does a survey to find, is that a, yep. is that a pathway of... Yeah. kangaroo that's been they've been going through that line to yes. the water for all those years yes and, and that needs to be done i mean councils mm. need to become aware of all of that as well there's only a small spots left to do yeah. so it's a lot easier to manage interesting when my brother-in-law mentioned was involved in national parks and they brought greensbush down it um, yep. down here but they never brought any of the farmland just like here they didn't buy the farmland nearby yep. and as it turns out what a kangaroos love doing they love going onto the farmland yeah because they like the open space as well yep. as the trees so yeah in a sense it's been a bit of a discourse that the national parks would yep. only buy rightfully so the national park area but yes in effect kangaroos are always jumping over the properties and getting shot when they come over the properties. yeah well we should be living with our native wildlife and mm taking down fences, not building them. and That's being Crosby, isn't it? Don't fence me in. <laughs> <laughs> but, but also, with, with the Mornington Peninsula, it could be a magnificent tourist attraction. Mm. The wildlife is part of that attraction. Well, it's a really close proximity to, the, to Melbourne, which yep. is, you know, a few million people. Yep. And uh, it's wonderful, like, seeing them. You can never get sick of seeing kangaroos. Yeah. And to be honest, you know, if you've got 10 acres... Why do you want to look at cows? There's not much to see with yeah. sheep or cows. And, and you see with Phillip Island, uh, the penguins there. there. too. Yeah, yeah. the penguins, for mm. instance. Uh, mm. The penguins became a worldwide oh, yes. place to go to. Yeah. Simply because when Labor won the uh, election in the 1980s uh, uh, under John Cain, Evan Walker, Joan Kerner had a vision and that that was to protect the penguins and to set up uh, a nature-based tourism yeah. industry. And, 
And what had happened under the Liberal government in the 1970s, all the land, all the borough, where the boroughs were, was sold off, houses were built over them, people had cats and dogs there. And, of course and they were a threat. Then. And they were a threat. Mm. Um, John Kane and Joan Kerner and Evan Walker uh, had a plan to buy all the houses back and leave those areas purely to the penguins so mm. that their burrows wouldn't be disturbed. And they also had a vision to set up a nature-based tourism industry. Both succeeded. They protected the penguins and they set up a magnificent, what, $500, $700 million a year tourism industry. Mm. And over one million tourists would go to mm. Phillip Island every year. There were 200,000 Chinese the tourists lines. coming in. Yeah. And, and it worked so well. Yeah. So again, Phillip Island proves mm. what can be done from a nature-based tourism. Good example, yeah. Yeah. You also um, had involvement with, like, I'm going to get it wrong, Marbo and Sup- Supreme Court. Sort of well, well, only through our lawyers. We, we yeah. went to the High Court in, in 1996 against all the fines. We had about... So you had fines for ducks. Because yeah. why were you getting fined? Well, in 1993, the Liberal government brought in hunter protection legislation. Mm-hmm. And they called it human safety regulations to try and keep rescuers off the wetlands. I do remember that now, yeah. And it was a strategy to let it go. Yeah, and within a couple of years, we we had had $80,000 worth of fines. Mm. And so it it had gone through all the lower courts, magistrates court. We went to the Supreme Court. Then we wound up in the high court to challenge those fines. And, so that's the highest court in, in the, the land. land. <laughs> and we're in there for a week arguing, oh. arguing the case. And we had one of the best constitutional legal teams we could have, and they had won the Marbo case. Oh, is that the connection? Yeah, so that's I the see. connection. Yeah. They had won the Marbo case a couple of years before. And a lot of people, when they were fighting the Marbo case, a lot of legal people didn't think they could overturn terra nullius yes and they did they did uh, which was fantastic so then there came the hard one duck shooting and then <laughs> and we lost our case <laughs> yeah but you don't feel as though you lost it really do you no because whenever we fight court cases we, we always fight similar campaigns through the media yeah so so if you i've always figured that if you lose the legal case and it's much harder winning the legal case, you get all this publicity yeah, and the public relations side of it helps what you're fighting for. And you couldn't buy that publicity. And you, you couldn't buy it, no. Yeah. So how did you... What happened then? Like, I imagine Supreme Court... I mean, 80 grand fines, one thing. So week in Supreme Court, that's full on. Yeah, yes. So that how did that happen? Cost-wise, how did you get around that then? Well, our legal team were doing... The, the case pro bono. Oh, unbelievable. And they were I didn't fantastic. pick up that bit. Yeah. And uh, I'm not sure how much we owed after it because we lost. We would have had to have paid uh, the government's lawyers. You should have got that um, lawyer that represented that guy that, um, that aeroplanes were going to fly over his house and they wouldn't let him. What was that movie? 
Well, you know, and they wouldn't let him sell his house. The castle. The castle. The castle. You should yeah. have got him. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> should have got Michael Caton. <laughs> well, he was the guy, wasn't he? He was... That was Bonnie. Yeah. yeah. Oh, great movie. But, yeah, so you um, so you end up being in court for a week. So you personally go to court yourself and stand in court? Because I've only done it once and I'll never do it again. Yeah, we're, we've... That was scary. We've fought hundreds of court cases over the years. <laughs> yeah. In you don't see that as being super brave? Like, no. like you go get up that morning and face these people in court? You get used to it. Yeah. I, I've, I've been sort of in the lock-up in, oh. in South Australia, Narra Court, for being on a wetland. Um, I've been arrested in Tasmania, down at Malting Lagoon in 19... 19- 95, I was arrested, driven 200 kilometres back to Hobart Police Station, then had to go back and fight the case. But what we find... South Australia, Tassie, Victoria? Yeah. New South Wales? No, we we haven't been booked up there. (laughs) You're well loved up there. (laughs) Going to court is just part part and parcel of fighting uh, an environmental issue. Mm. You've got, you you've often got to break the law to rescue birds. Like mm. they, the government brought in a rule where rescuers could be booked uh, if they were in the water before ten o'clock. Yes. Now that law was to give the shooters three hours of free shooting time, mm. Mm. and you'd have wounded birds out there mm. that there was no one there to help them for three hours so so we would break the law by going in to rescue wounded birds Mm. and rescuers would cop a thousand dollar fine for doing it or they'd be taken to court Mm. so courts just became a a a normal Mm. part of the campaign where you'd go to court get as much media coverage as you could and and continue the fight that way and of course, being in court, you get a chance to explain about this bird and show pictures of it yep. and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And so that's been the history of of the campaign is getting getting fined and stuff like that as well. Well, you don't want to get fined. No, but if it happens, you yeah. just go ahead and fight it. Yeah. And and look, when we lost the high court challenge, all the rescuers then had to go back to the magistrates' court take their, the fines that they received back to the magistrate court. Magistrates were just dismissing their cases. Oh, were they? And so that was a victory in itself. Yeah. Well, in a, in a way, you're probably shaping the laws of tomorrow, aren't you? Yeah. Sometimes when you yes. break the law of today, that's yes. bad, bad law. Yes. And so courts just became a normal obstacle in the way... Uh, you just fight and, and keep going and, and you go through the courts. And, and you don't think it's unusual that you've been able to do that without... Like, I mean, you must have seen people who said, that's it, I'm out, that's too stressful. I've had, you know, they're, they're good people and they just couldn't keep doing what you're doing, being done. Yes, some people do that, but, mm. but but the vast majority of our rescue team... Have stuck have, at it. Have, have stuck at it because Brilliant. they believe in, in helping those birds... And they're marvellous. And you'd have a bond with them, like yeah, yeah. You'd have a bond with them, like you say, you'd won back-to-back premierships. Sorry, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's the same. Look, I've always equated the, trenches. the football because it, with, with football yeah. you get teams going out yeah. 
and they play the game uh, hard, uh, but they play it fairly. Yeah. And also sometimes they get bad umpires. And they get bad umpires, <laughs> yeah. Like what happened last weekend. Oh, here we go. <laughs> Where? For which match? Adelaide. Oh, yeah, I didn't see that. I was away, so uh, I heard about it. I just read about it. They had some, was it hit the post at, or something? Adelaide were down all day and they got up at the end mm. and they actually kicked the winning goal, mm. but it was very close to the post, but the goal umpire yeah. declared it a behind. Yeah. And the game went on. And it, it, instead of the umpire calling yeah. uh, for a replay of the footage... Yeah. Uh, they didn't oh, do did. that for some reason because they normally do don't they, they? yeah they didn't do that and no. the, the yeah. league the AFL admitted after yeah. that they had made a stake that the ball had gone through it was a goal and it was incorrectly called by the goal umpire it's a great comparison because you know it's a game yeah you know and it's a point and it was close you know for hundreds of, hundred years no one would have ever picked up that it was probably wasn't a goal right right and you're talking about not only getting ducks and other birds, wildlife being slaughtered, mm. but you're talking about a person that got shot. Mm. You're talking about all these injustices, but you happily compare it to this game <laughs> that's of no consequence. And to be honest, 17 teams hate Adelaide anyway. <laughs> yes. Yes. But, uh, yeah, it is interesting, isn't it? So you've, you've... It affected the finals because Adelaide yeah. went out yeah, when they should right. have been in. Yeah. I think the Swans were in when they should have been out and it affected a whole lot of other teams. Yeah. Well, there's so, too many so. teams in anyway, and I can't stand the thought of a Tasmanian team coming in. <laughs> but 19, we're never going to win a premiership ever again, Essendon. Yes. So yeah. we're sort of probably getting to the end of it now. Um, have you got things that you wanted to say um i wanted to say something you know you talk about duck season which is normally say march yep to me where i live see uh there's mesmate trees out there we have right now they're roost all the ducks are roosting up of the trees every morning making their noises yeah and um you know and of course and then a few weeks time then the ducklings will be around that sort of stuff and i always call this duck season and i never really thought about and it's only when i was talking to you and you're going oh yeah the duck season i think that's right that's the right, you know, I was thinking of like the nice part of duck season. Yeah. So the good news is maybe duck season will change to spring or late winter when they all start roosting, you know. Well, the, the thing is, it, duck shooting used to open in February. Yeah. And Joan Kerner moved it to back March. to March yeah. because there were still a lot of young yeah. ducklings in February. Yeah. So that gave the birds a little bit of hope. Mm. But uh, as I said, it's all about public opinion. It's having a great volunteer rescue team that made up of people that are passionate and you can't beat uh, a volunteer team because we're the Game Management Authority compliance officers because they get paid for what they do. They can't go in the water unless they've got an armed police officer with them on the wetlands. Brilliant. How'd you find that out? Uh, oh, they, they, oh, they told you? Yeah. <laughs> where rescuers go Your in... eyes would have lit up. <laughs> where rescuers go in with the shooters. Oh, yeah. Even though they might face a $1,000 fine. Mm. If you talk about a rescuer getting fined, a rescuer will say, well, it was worth $1,000 mm. to help rescue a wounded bird. Mm. And because rescuers are so passionate about helping our native wildlife, 
They put up with the cold, with the wet, with being shot at, with being abused by duck shooters, but they're still out there and they're marvellous. And you cannot beat... I, I, I just feel so proud that yeah. to have worked with such great people over the years. Yeah. So there is that profile of a person that's just gone and done all this stuff and attracted to it. There's no real upside for them except for the good they're doing to save the birds. That's all. And we're, we've, we've always all been volunteers. In the long game to stop the whole in, thing. In the long, yeah. No, nobody's ever been paid in the Coalition mm. Against Duck Shooting. Mm. So they're all volunteers. So what would a young lorry today, if you were starting off now, what would you be doing? Would you, you know, well, let's hope ducks, the, you, you, the final chapter's not far away for Victoria. Would you be doing much the same that you do now or are you seeing other injustices that you just don't want to take on? Oh, there's always injustices. It's just the... Wildlife, though, yeah. 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 I mean, the kangaroo one then is the next one that yeah. needs to really be be fought. That's and, really deep and, in society, isn't it? Yeah. You know, I just think when you go to Wikipedia and you see the way they write up about kangaroos, they write it up like yeah. a pest. Yeah, yeah. It's read around the whole world. Like as though, and there's they write up there's fifty men or five hundred men I think they said yeah know, like they're just making it up <laughs> no one's gonna care well, well the, yeah the thing is it it depends which side has the power yeah and it's usually the the, the people that have the power used to be the people who used to kill wildlife mm. so what you've got yeah. to do what volunteers have got to do is take that power, power away from them yeah. so that the animals whether it be kangaroos or water birds or whales, they have the power. Mm. And their power comes in how the public views the issue. You've, that's why you've always got to take whatever you're fighting for, mm. whether it be whales, kangaroos or water birds, into the hearts and minds of the public. Because once the public declare that, that that species should be protected, it will be. Mm. Brilliant. Well, on that note, that's a great note to finish up on, Lauren. I feel really, really um, special that you're able to come and chat to us. That was uh, to hear what you've done. I'm jealous. I had the same chances to do all those things you did, and I did none of them. <laughs> but I'm very pleased that you did. <laughs> thanks, Nick. And it shows programs like yours that help yeah. protect native wildlife and so you're doing a really yeah positive job as well yeah but you've done it your whole life and it's uh, there's a lot of people around australia that take your head off i told you my brother-in-law that run the director of national parks yeah for yes. like 20 years and like yourself he went on the inside and fought and you went that, on there yes yeah you went on the outside and fought when i talked to him the other week about that i was going to talk to you he said oh god i'm so i was so worried there was something because i hadn't heard from him lately and I was so worried because he he knows about this government thing about to approve yeah. the um, shooting, you know, because he's heard from his from yeah. his sources. And he goes, as soon as I heard, I thought, oh, it'd be so good to see Laurie get his... <laughs> get that door. Because you have put the year... I don't think there's anyone I've ever met or seen in my life that's put in the, the years that you're put in. Well, I've always loved down there, love wildlife. And yeah, I know it's you, been you easy know, for you, but it's been good to see. It's, it's, it's been it's a good been, journey for everyone. It's been worth all the yeah. effort, Nick. It really has. Yeah, well, well, let's hope the end is nigh. Yeah, <laughs> I think it will be.
This episode was brought to you by Nichemark, your right-hand team for digital marketing, social media, and podcasting. Thinking of starting a podcast? You do the talking, we do the tech. Contact Nichemark to get started.